Ladies, at Essentia Health, you're not just a patient. You're a partner in your healthcare journey. We'll get to the heart of your health questions, even the ones you're embarrassed to ask. We'll find solutions to fit your unique needs and lifestyle, because here, we're in it together. Feel confident in your care and in yourself. Schedule a women's health appointment with an Essentia Health provider today. Click the banner to learn more. And now, a presentation on the Mental Health News Radio Network. The Outer Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show. Ryan, that is a freaking awesome question. Yeah, great question. You are the power. And you do not need anybody's permission. Great question. You're, you're a great interviewer. You're one of the best. That is literally a brilliant question. If this is the best God can do, I am not impressed. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Outer Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show. OuterLimitsRadio.com. I'm your host, Ryan. Tonight, we welcome back to the program one of the most rebellious people in the history of humanity. This person has been challenging the social norm for over 35 years. He's a real cool dude. He appeared on our 100th show for the Outer Limits of Inner Truth. And 48 hours after we taped our interview, <laughs> I meet with him in New York City and we're having a beer together. It was so awesome and surreal. And got along really well. He's very nice. Let us begin tonight's program. It is a great honor to welcome back to the program an individual who appeared on our 100th show. He is one of the most passionate advocates of freedom, a passionate advocate of revealing the truth of the world. Welcoming to the program is David Icke. David has a new film coming out about his life called Renegade, the story of David Icke, and it's premiering all across the world right now. It's in Los Angeles, New York. David, welcome back to the program. It's such an honor to talk with you again, sir. Thanks, mate. Pleasure. Thank you. So, based on what we just talked about, there's some resistance to your film. Did they really cancel the premiere of your film two hours before it was supposed to begin in Los Angeles? Uh, yeah. I mean, there, there is a a real pattern building up here and it's um it's really um it's really making a statement about many things uh first of all for a long time i was supposed to have been crazy and uh, just a, a crazy man uh, uh but the crazy man didn't go away the crazy man kept going and the crazy man kept putting information out that more and more people around the world have got interested in and have seen the validity of, not least through it coming true through world events. And suddenly I've gone from being crazy to being dangerous. And uh, the attempts to stop my information circulating are now getting more and more hysterical. Uh, So, for instance, we now have a situation where a feature film about my life um, has been made, and there are efforts to stop anyone seeing it. Now, if I'm so crazy and and what I'm saying is so not true, then what's the problem with that? Just let people come and laugh. But of course they don't, and that's the problem for those trying to uh, silence me. So, uh, first of all, um, a few weeks ago, um, I was uh, four hours from 
leaving Los Angeles uh, on a, uh, a flight to Australia to do a multi-city speaking tour that had been planned for months. Thousands of tickets had been uh, taken. And uh, the visa, the Australian visa to embark on that tour was given um, in September of 2018. The tour was in uh, February, March of 2019. So all those months in between, I had a visa, uh, which had been given to me by the immigration ministry. Um, four hours before my plane left, the minister of, for immigration, a guy called David Coleman, um, independently overrode the decision in September of his ministry and revoked my visa. Uh, and so um, I'm, I'm sitting in a hotel in Los Angeles um, and got nowhere to go because uh, we ended up uh, going uh, home. We have uh, we pretty uh, soon after that engaged lawyers in Sydney to uh, to challenge what was obviously a political decision. And um, they have still, to this day, not even replied to the lawyers. So that's what you're dealing with. You're dealing with really despicable people who have absolute contempt for freedom and absolutely con absolute contempt for the uh, rights, in this case, of 25 million Australians to make a decision on what they want to see and not see. Then the movie came out. Uh, uh, we had a premiere in Manchester in the north of England and then headed south to uh, have one two days later in uh, London. About an hour out from the station in London, we're on the train. Uh, the Trade Union in Congress, which is the uh, kind of the umbrella body for trade unions in Britain, who own the venue, they uh, contacted us and cancelled uh, the, 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 literally the afternoon before it was meant to happen. And fortunately, my son Jamie, who's uh, who's brilliant at uh, finding venues at last minute, he has to be, given what we're facing. Um, he found another venue very quickly. It went ahead. And people absolutely love the movie. And, and people who come are from all walks of life, all ages, all colors, creeds, and backgrounds. So then we head out to uh, Los Angeles, uh, where uh, the producer of the film uh, is an American. Uh, it's an American company that's made it. Uh, had an agreement with the Aero Theatre, uh, movie theater in um, Santa Monica, which is owned by a, a company called American uh, Cinematique. Uh, and the two people that dealt with us uh, on this um, and, and cancelled were incredibly unpleasant people. I've never come across anything like it. Anyway, um, we uh, were in ho the hotel, ironically the same hotel that I was in when uh, the Australian government cancelled. And uh, we had a, a meeting agreed uh, at the theater at four o'clock. People were going to start coming about six. And um, the idea was to go through the, uh, the technical things, make sure everything worked and what have you. And we're literally, I'm in the car five minutes from the uh, theater where the phone rang, producer's phone rang. And they, uh, in a very unpleasant, very vicious way, um, told him that they were canceling because uh, the movie was about David Icke, and how could, this is what one of them said, how could you do this to us, try to get his film on our theater? Well, they'd had the film for ages, they knew what was in the film, they knew what it was about, so obviously someone higher up has had a word in their ear and said, what are you doing? And uh, they're now trying to, they were trying to make up to save their own uh, skin, that um, we kind of, um, 
kind of hoodwink them, which is absolutely what you get a lot of the time when uh, lower uh, people in the hierarchy of a venue, for instance, will agree to you uh, speaking. Then someone higher up uh, finds out and uh, goes crazy, and then they uh, tell uh, people that oh, we didn't know it was him. Well, uh, I'm sorry, that's under contract. Uh, so you get this all the time. But the the the, the there's so many sinister things about this. First of all, here we have. Let's just put this into context. We have a uh, a movie theater in the so-called home of movies banning a movie because it puts someone in a good light. Um, this is this is absolutely true because the 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 man who was particularly horrible, by the way, uh, on the phone who was shouting, that's why I heard the conversation, the the, um, producer was in the back of the vehicle, he had the phone to his ear, and I could hear every word easily, because the guy was shouting, just like the woman was. Uh, And uh, so uh, he asked the producer, is this film about David Icke? And the producer says, well, yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, of course it is. And uh, he said, does the the film put David Icke in a good light? This was the, the criteria question. If it had uh, put me in a bad light and demonized me, that would no problem. It would have gone ahead. So, you know, because I work and live on the coalface, if you like, of um, freedom deletion, uh, because of what I'm saying and the various authorities are trying to stop it circulating, um, unlike most of the rest of the population that, that you know, just go, go on about their, go about their lives, I, I am able to see just how far this destruction of freedom has gone. You know, if you stay within the parameters of the system and and don't uh, say anything or do anything outside of those parameters, you can be under the illusion that you live in a free country or a free world because no one's saying you can't say that. Why? Because you're not saying anything. The system doesn't want people to hear and I hear a journalist say to me, no one, no one ever tells me what I can write. No, of course they don't, because you, you, you write within the parameters. You try writing outside of them and, 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 and see if no one will tell you you can't say that. But because I'm saying endless things the system doesn't want people to hear, I, I, therefore I'm at symbolically this coalface. And uh, therefore I can see how far it's gone. And it's gone just an extraordinary uh, uh, way down the road to fascism now. I just don't understand why it's getting so intense. One of my uh, friends, he did a video about peace, and his videos on YouTube about peace are being taken down. So I just don't understand why there's this rampant up dramatic push against freedom at this point in time. I mean, are people becoming more aware? Because this idea that, you know, we hear that, oh, well, people are becoming more aware. I'm like, I don't know. I don't see it in the U.S. I see people just as addicted to their phones, just as addicted to their shows, not questioning, not challenging. So what are the elites afraid of? I mean, what could they possibly be more afraid of? I mean, why didn't... uh, Uh, Well, I I can answer that question, yeah. Yeah, I can answer that question. Um, I I have this um, this phrase I use, uh, know the outcome and you'll see the journey. Um, If you don't know what the outcome is planned to be, then... Uh, events in the world can appear very random uh, and have no pattern to them. But if you know what the outcome is meant to be, then those events suddenly take on a very clear, uh, a very clear picture of being stepping stones towards the planned outcome. So in the arena that we're talking about now, which is freedom, freedom of speech, the um, and the circulation of information, 
the uh, outcome desired and planned from the start is to create a situation whereby no one ever sees or hears anything that the system, the authorities don't want them to see and hear. Now, this is why we're having free speech so targeted now, because while free speech exists, that outcome is not possible, because freedom of speech means freedom to speak, and thus um, the freedom to challenge the official narratives of everything. So free speech has to go for that outcome uh, to, uh, to, to be able to be manifested. And so we're having this attack on freedom of speech. Uh, the other thing that's happening uh, very systematically is the circulation of information is being moved from traditional media sources onto the internet. It's where most people get their information now and, and growing. And the reason for that is that once it's digital, once it's on the internet, um, you can use artificial intelligence to censor what people see and hear without even a human intervention once the codes are in. And so we're seeing more and more algorithmically censored um, content. And uh, to, to justify this situation, because uh, no one wants to come out and admit we're censoring because we want to control what you see and hear. That ain't got a way, good way of selling it. So you have to constantly find excuses for why you are censoring people and why it's right to censor them. So you start off with, uh, we must stop uh, incitement to uh, terrorism. And, and most people, not knowing that the, the, the bigger picture, would say, oh, yeah, I can understand that. But, but that's the precedent set now. Then you say, we must stop fake news. Well, if, if they wanted to stop fake news, of course, there would be no mainstream media on the internet. It would be gone. But they don't. They want to stop uh, uh, information challenging the official narrative, which they dub fake news. Uh, and so uh, that's an excuse. And they're using algorithms and many other ways to stop that. And they say, uh, we must stop hate speech, which of course has no definition whatsoever, except what they choose to give it uh, at any point to fit the idea of they want to censor uh, alternative information. And so it's going on and on. And now we've got this big one. And it's just been introduced um, or being introduced by the, the uh, British government. And that is to censor content that's perfectly legal, but might cause harm to people. Now, what could cause harm to people? Well, saying something that, 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 that they don't like could be construed and is as be causing harm to people. So you've now created this new definition of harm, watch for that getting more and more uh, uh, expanded, which gives you the excuse to censor anything you want because you can make a case for anything causing someone harm. Like someone's criticize the extremes of someone's religion. Well, that might be causing harm to someone who's deeply religious. Well, if they're confident in their religion, it wouldn't cause harm. They'd just go on with their lives. But of course, that's not what it's about. It's about using it as an excuse. So um, this is what's happening. And the, the first step, of course, was to demonetize uh, YouTube videos um, that uh, uh, circulated alternative information. Because what these people have done uh, very clearly, if they've sat around a table and they've said, how do we destroy the alternative media? And uh, so they've looked at it and they thought, well, we can destroy them financially because a lot of them get often a meager living. 
to work full time on this by uh, monetization of, of YouTube videos through advertising. So they, they, they stop that, um, first of all. And then they, they go to the next stage, which is full-blown deletion of, um, of channels. Uh, and, you know, it's cost them a lot of money. Apparently, uh, the uh, Alphabet, the holding company of, uh, of Google and YouTube, uh, has, uh, has lost billions, tens of billions since this started. But, of course, it doesn't matter because um, this is not about, in the end, profit. It's about control of information. And all these uh, major Internet corporations like Google, YouTube, owned by Google, uh, uh, Twitter, uh, Facebook, all these things, they're ultimately owned by the same people um, in the shadows, controlled by the same people in the shadows. And so they're working as one unit. Now, you know, I have uh, many things I don't disagree uh, with um, in terms of Alex Jones. Many things I do agree with, but many I don't. But that's not the point. Uh, the point is, um, if Jones gets taken down, it, it, it means that no one's safe because the precedent's been set. And if you look what happened to him, it was a very clearly coordinated um, attack which, uh, in which he was taken off multiple platforms, including payment platforms, at the same time. How is this possible? Because all those companies are ultimately controlled by the same people. And uh, so we, we are in a, a very serious situation now. I think what with, Assange uh, is getting the worst. I, was just, I thought that was the most despicable act, the fact that this is a man who just reported information, he reported war crimes, and they, you know, all these law, international laws are being violated. You know what it is? I don't understand why they even have international laws. If they're going to be, you know, pushed over, I, it's this idea, David. I look at it, it's. You see a dog. My dog loves to have cookies all the time. So, if the dog has a whole tray of cookies in front of him, why doesn't the dog eat all the cookies at once? Why doesn't it? Why is it taking it one at a time? That's why I don't understand why was this freedom kind of taken away piecemeal and instead of all at once? Because this Assange thing, I think, is the most egregious act and worst attack in the history of press freedom. Of all time, I don't know where. Well, there's an, answer, there's an answer to that. There's an answer to that, and that is, if you do it all at once, then um, it, it's in the face of, of large numbers of people. They see the mass censorship, and this is why, um, whatever area of this global cabal, global conspiracy you look at, they operate under the um, the psychological technique of what I dubbed a long time ago, the totalitarian tiptoe. You, you go step by step by step, and you try to isolate the steps so that people don't see a pattern. Obviously, if there's a mass censorship of everyone, then the pattern's in your face. They don't want people to see that. Um, they want um, it to be eroded step by step so as few people as possible see the connections. And what has happened with Assange fits absolutely into what we've been discussing here, um, which is here's someone uh, through this organization, WikiLeaks, that was putting into the public arena information that the system doesn't want people to see because it exposes the, the fraudulent nature of the system. And what's happened in the UK? I mean, the UK government is a disgrace. Uh, under any party, it's a disgrace, just like the American government under any party is a disgrace. But they're really one-party states. Yeah. They're one-party states. Um, and uh, so now we have a situation where um, 
they are uh, manipulating events. Uh, after, of course, putting uh, pressure on uh, Ecuador to throw him out. Uh, and I, I, I doubt the pressure had to be very much for the current president of Ecuador. Uh, and now they've got him. Uh, and they've just, I mean, just, just to give you an example uh, of, of the stunning in-your-face bias in terms of Assange, when he left the, uh, was, was, was carried out of the uh, Ecuadorian embassy, he was taken to a court um, to be uh, to be jailed uh, pending um, a, a trial on uh, 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 jumping bail. And what's supposed to happen is the judge supposed to look at the evidence and say, yes, there is a case or not, but obviously they were going to say there's a case, for um, uh, jailing Assange pending this trial. And that was it. He bangs, he bangs his desk, as these people feel the need to do, uh, and, and it's over. But what this judge did was unleash, um, in the process of litigation uh, at a trial, if you like, unfolding, when, where, where nothing should be said to... Uh, impose bias on the outcome, and and yet he launches into this diatribe attack on Assange and how guilty he was and how terrible he was um, in, a, in a public court. It was extraordinary, and of course nothing happened to him when he should have been sacked immediately. And now we've got a situation very clearly um, where the American government um, uh, under, under Trump, who's about as, as, as maverick as the most uh, um, unmaverick person you could ever imagine, uh, but it's his, it's, his, uh, it's his selling point, it's his image uh, uh, selling uh, point, who um, they now um, obviously want to make a massive uh, uh, example of uh, Assange, because what they uh, uh, do all the time is to, it's not just um, targeting an individual, it's saying to everyone else who might do the same, this is what happens if you take us on. That, that's what it's about. It's about because the, the the most insidious, destructive form of censorship is self censorship, and that's what they want: self censorship through fear of speaking your truth or writing your truth. Um, and so, obviously, th this whole charade, this vaudeville show that's going on in Britain, is simply to create a situation where Assange is extradited to the United States. Simple as that. Uh, and uh, it's it's uh, it's a farce. The whole thing's a farce. And you know, you look at the mainstream media, and you see how they are, in so many ways, almost in totality, supporting the very destruction of freedom of speech, um, which will eventually do for them as well. Uh, and in fact, it has already done for them because they they only have what they think is freedom of speech because they stay within these parameters once they go out of it or they're in trouble. So we have a controlled media that uh, censors itself and um, one that is supporting the censorship of everyone else. It's uh, you know, so I, I shake my head. I shake my head because I was writing about this, saying this is the plan. This is this is what they're planning to do. Um, Twenty five years ago. And here it is now, just happening in front of our eyes. Okay, it's coming to fruition, but I mean, I've always wondered, where do we have a chance? Is humanity pretty much done? Because you've also written about the fact that humanity has got 
outside influences that there there could be other beings that are kind of influencing us. Do we have anything? Yeah. Does humanity have anything going in our favor where we could actually kind of break through and you know prevent this from happening? Or not only just I wouldn't say not only just preventing it from happening, but experiencing a renaissance where we actually have freedom. Because David, I listen to the news and I follow this stuff and I talk to the average person. The average person bores me to death. They, the stuff that they talk about, the beliefs that they have. When you go in the U.S., everyone talks about what TV show that they're watching or what side of the quote-unquote political spectrum that they're on when they're arguing the same different topics. So I, I find most people yeah. boring. So I, I'm curious to, on that note, but what can people do? Do we have a chance? Do you, do you Have you ever seen something 25 years ago that says humanity has a different outcome than the one that's being pushed upon us by these elite evil bastards? Well, the uh, stadium... Um, and you kind of picked up on it there, uh, really. Um, the stadium in which this whole conspiracy to control humanity in totality is um, the human mind. That's where it is. It's, it's human perception. This whole conspiracy, you, you can talk about banking scams and manipulated wars and manipulated 9-11s and all of that. And we should. We need to know that stuff. But if you break it down and you break it down, um, this is a conspiracy simply to control human perception. Uh, this is why they shut off information about the true nature of reality. So they lock us into a very limited um, perception of reality in which everything appears to be uh, uh, outside of us. Everything appears to be uh, you know, a, a solid external world. And, and when you believe in that, what screams back at you is limitation. You can't, you can't, you can't. This is not possible. When actually reality is very different to that, as, as you know, the cutting edge of quantum physics has long shown. Um, and the idea, of course, to get people to react in the right way is to control perception with regard to how people see world events. And here we come back again, because in the end, everything connects to everything else, to the, the goal, which is to um, control everything that people see and hear. What is that doing? It's controlling perception by um, people receiving only information that would lead to certain perceptions and no information that would lead to a revision of those perceptions. And so that, you know, they know that it's a very dangerous time. And it's, it's I mean, you know, I, I absolutely agree with you. The vast majority of people are still solid gold asleep. Uh, they're, they're, they've allowed their minds to uh, uh, to coagulate into little more than software programs where you press enter and, and you get the reaction. But, you know, because, again, I travel the world um, and uh, uh, talking, well, when I can these days, um, and, and because of what I do as I travel, the world, there is a massive awakening going on. You just don't see it in the mainstream. You don't see it in the mainstream um, uh, media. They don't touch it, of course. But, but I know from my own experience how I get stopped in the street everywhere now where um, you know there was a period 30 years ago when I was laughed at in the street and then I was completely ignored who the hell was here never heard of him and now suddenly in the last few years that's totally flipped and what I'm seeing is not just the numbers of people but the type of people real system people are starting to realize um, that the world is not like they thought it was um, the, the next stage beyond that, of course, is that um, that mentality crosses the street from perceiving the world is uh, being controlled to actually uh, looking in the eye and refusing to cooperate with it. 
And uh, this this system knows that process is happening. It knows it's been massively speeded by the um, by by the the uh, information that's been passing through the internet, and that's why they're trying to shut it down. You see, with the internet and and, and all this whole subject we're talking about. Um, the internet was actually brought into existence by DARPA, the technological development arm of the Pentagon, um, which gives the world wonderful gifts like uh, death rays and uh, um, ways to target specific genotypes. I mean, they're really lovely people. Uh, and so they've not introduced the internet for the benefit of humanity. So th this was the process. They wanted to create a situation, which they now created, where the internet, thus information is digital, um, was the foundation of human society in a way that's irreversible. To reach that point, they had to sell the internet. If they were selling the controlled, increasingly censored internet uh, that we have now, then it would not have caught on like it has. Um, and so they had a free flow of information. Uh, at the same point, they were seed funding companies, money no object, and promoting companies. They, they planned to be um, the dominant near monopolies of this internet. So you're looking at Facebook, Google, YouTube, uh, uh, when it was taken on by Google, and, um, and Amazon, uh, and such like. And so they reached the point, we've reached it now, where they made the, the decision um, the internet now is such a foundation of human society that's irreversible. Now we can start making the internet what we planned it to be all along, and that's when the censorship started. In the same way, these internet companies and social media companies and uh, search engine companies, of course, they're far more than that, um, they also had to have the free flow of information to get people hooked on the on, on, the, on the, the, the platforms. And so they reached uh, the point uh, where they thought not only is the internet now irreversibly a founda the foundation of human society, but these monopolies have reached a point where they're basically irreversible as well because um, they destroy any opposition that, that's coming up that wants to um, take them on and maybe you know be more open in terms of the free flow of information. So now, just like the internet, those companies can now start to become what we always planned them to be. And so you've had all the censorship uh, at the same time coming through them. So th that's been the process. The internet, um, while it has many, many good things, and, and at, at one time was very, very good thing, uh, it's actually uh, uh, what you might call it a spider's web. You could call it a fishing line, whatever. Um, but it's it's hooked humanity, and uh, it's it's now reading them in. Dude, many years ago, uh, maybe even been recently, you said something that has always stuck with me, and it's actually been something that I've taken a lot of hope with. You said that each and every person is a point of attraction for infinite consciousness. That we are all part of the one collective being. And this is something that we've actually uh, talked to people who've had near-death experiences who agree with. They said this is exactly what it is. We're all one collective being. So that being said, why is it that we have part of our illusion of separation where people want to control us? I mean, is there any way possible that if people become more aware and they pull in more information to themselves that they can actually flush out the darkness within and also 
if the dark controllers, the elite controllers, are shutting down and controlling our points of perception, how can people kind of bypass that and go beyond that and pull into their experience other forms of perception that'll bypass what the elite controllers are currently suppressing? Right, yeah. Well, I could probably talk for hours about that. But uh, basically, um, if people imagine you're a point of attention, forget the body, that's just a vehicle to experience this band of frequencies we call the world, this particular reality, which is actually tiny. In terms of the frequency band, it's tiny, what we perceive as the world. Um, imagine you, are, you, you, you have a focus of attention. Um, you, you are operating through the body. That, that point of attention is looking, if you like, though this is in many ways illusory as well, but you're looking through the eyes of the body into this reality. What the body does, because consciousness uh, in its prime pure form, uh, is a very high frequency. Um, if it tries to interact with this comparatively low frequency band of reality that we're experiencing, then, for instance, I couldn't hold this phone. My consciousness in its, in its pure form couldn't hold this phone because uh, the frequency is too uh, different. So what consciousness does, it takes on a outer form uh, which is within the frequency band it wants to interact with. So I can hold this phone and I can, uh, you know, move a mouse. I can pick up a cup of coffee. Um, and, 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 and what they've done, uh, because if you go deep enough into the rabbit hole, uh, way beyond the people that we see, who are all different levels of pawns, really, even the ones that appear to be in control, um, you will find uh, um, the core of this, what I call the spider, which understands how reality works. And so the idea is, imagine you are sitting at a computer and you're moving the mouse and you're tapping the keys and the computer is reacting and it's basically doing what you, you're demanding. So on the screen comes what you're telling the computer to put on the screen. Now, if you take the person with the mouse and the keyboard to be our, um, our pure state of consciousness, and you take the computer to be the body, um, if, you, uh, if you like had a situation, and we see this when computers get viruses, whereby the computer stops listening or reacting to the mouse and the keyboard and starts going its own way, um, then the computer, if you like, the computer's point of attention becomes the point of decision-making and the point of perception. And, 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 and consciousness, uh, the tr uh, expanded consciousness, the, the, the expanded eye, is not able to influence the actions of the computer. If you, if you uh, look at this, the, the situation in China where... The computer system is firewalled. It's firewalled to stop people uh, accessing vast amounts of the Internet that the Chinese government doesn't want them to see. You, well, you, can, you could very accurately uh, symbolize what I'm talking about as the, the, the if you like, the, what I call the biological computer, the body, being firewalled away or off from expanded consciousness. And the, a key way you do that may sound strange, but it, it's because of its frequency impact, is you, um, you program people 
from the earliest age to, to have a completely false sense of self. What you've got to do is get them to self-identify the I with labels, with their, with their name, their race, their religion, their culture, their income bracket, all these labels. And if you say to people, who are you? They will give you a list of labels. They won't say, I'm infinite awareness having a, having a brief experience in a band of frequency called the world. They won't say that. Of course they won't. Because that's, that's awareness of what is really happening. They'll give you a list of labels. And what they're doing now to impose this even more fiercely is they're subdividing the labels into more and more minutiae of subdivided labels. So you have this whole uh, uh, transgender spectrum of endless body labels, even within that. Um, and and the, the more minute you focus attention as the perception of the I, the more you are disconnecting that point of attention from its true self. So to come round to some kind of answer to the question, but you know, I could go on for a long time. It is simply, um, if you want to reverse this process, uh, I mean, for instance, if people uh, just pick up a pen or pick up a pencil, put it in front of your eyes and focus your vision upon that pencil, what else can you see in your peripheral vision when you do that? Nothing. All you can see is the pencil. And when we focus our attention on the self-identity uh, related to the labels, we lose peripheral vision to wider consciousness. It stops influencing us. So if you want to reverse this process, and that's the way to change anything, it's not to find a solution. You're just drowning in solutions that lead to more problems. It's to, reverse, it's to remove the cause of the problem. And, and that is self-identity. And so um, I do not self-identify with being David Icke. I self-identify with being the consciousness, having an experience that's being given the name David Icke. And, and when, it, it may sound trite, and it may sound all this esoteric mumbo-jumbo, but it's not. When you self-identify with being expanded consciousness, part of an infinite uh, stream of consciousness, ultimately, that expansion of self-identity expands your state of awareness. You start to break through the programs because the programs are based on you self-identifying with labels. Um, and therefore, when you, um, you breach the labels by breaching them uh, in terms of accepting they are your self-identity, then you, you, you also breach them in terms of um, the uh, level of consciousness that you can now start to tap into. Now, instead of being in the world and of the world, you are experiencing the world in the world, if you like, through the body, but, but your point of attention is no longer in the world. It's not of the world anymore. It's beyond the world that we're perceiving. And thus, it's like, uh, if, if, you, if, you're, if you're staring very close range at a wall, um, all you can see is a kind of a blurry, ready thing, the bricks. And, and that's your, that's your if, if you only stand there, well, that's your reality. Um, that's your self-identity. That's the world you live in. But then you take a step back. Oh, oh, it's a wall. 
another step back. Oh, it's a house. Oh, it's a street. Oh, it's a town. Oh, it, and so it goes on. And this expansion of awareness starts expanding your perception to the point where now, instead of just seeing random dots, you start to see pictures. The pixels become pictures, and you start to see the world for what it is. This is the whole process that I've been going through for 30 years. And you also start to realize, as you expand this awareness by expanding your self-identity, that um, synchronicity starts to come into your life. Because now you're interacting with a much greater uh, swathe of possibility and probability in the great quantum fields of possibility and probability. You're able to manifest things. Uh, which people call coincidences and bits of luck, that you weren't before um, when you were focused on the, on the labels in a, and using a tiny fraction of your uh, real consciousness. Uh, and so your life starts to change, and it starts to become an adventure instead of a, a, a daily ordeal to get through the end of the day, like repeating what you did yesterday. Uh, and everything starts to change. And so if you look at the way the system works, it's absolutely, literally from cradle to grave, structured to hold that point of attention only in the five senses. Everything is about look at this, listen to this, touch this, smell this, taste this, all about the five senses. This is why, see, I got into this whole arena when I went through, you know, a, what you might call a spiritual experience, not a religious one, but a spiritual experience. You were early too. You, you were talking about way yeah, About 30 years ago. And, um, my next question, when I started to realize these other explanations for reality, I mean, I've learned a lot more since, but the, the basic stuff, I started to realize there were other explanations for reality that, that, that me, as, as, who's lived an expansive life, I'd been a footballer, I'd been a journalist, I'd been a television presenter, and so on. I'd been a national spokesman for the Green Party for a short time till I realized that was just like every other party. Um, and... And therefore, I asked myself a question. Why haven't I come across this information before? Why isn't it taught in the schools? Why aren't there television programs about it exploring this? And that's what got me into the conspiracy, because you, you then realize that these things are not uh, openly discussed and communicated in the mainstream, because they don't want you to know. And, uh, and then, um, and then you, you say, well, what else is being controlled? And whoa, the whole panorama kind of opens kind of up. Open. Dude, you talked about the um, extra beings, these extraterrestrial beings that I guess have been manipulating human society for a long period of time. I'm wondering, first off, thank you for doing the work that you do. I love it. And I, sometimes you know, when you're awake and you're aware, you feel alone in this world because it's like so many people are so asleep. But there are beings apparently that are trying to destroy humanity. They're trying to keep humanity under control. Yet I'm wondering, have you ever come across any beings that are trying to interfere with humanity that are trying to offer a means of liberating humanity that are giving us some assistance? Absolutely. Okay. Is there, and also how do we, is there any way that we can communicate and connect with those beings? Because I don't know, the whole world is wrapped up in this political system and they're wrapped up in their TV shows and, I love this idea that you know we could develop into civilization and explore other worlds. This universe is so wide and it's so expansive, and it makes yeah. me crazy that we're just can focused on this one little thing. So it's like I feel like we're just we're only experiencing such a tiny, tiny percentage of what we could experience in this reality. So, as far as those other beings go, is there any way we can make a connection with them? 
or well, well, first of all, that that is another point um, in relation to what I've just been talking about. You see, um, if you uh, expand people's perception of reality, even within the realm of the seen, into other entities uh, um, existing out there, and when you think that compared with the projected um, size of the uh, universe, um, planet Earth is equivalent to a billionth of a pinhead, uh, when you think that um, until the 1920s, uh, mainstream science uh, said there was or believed there was one galaxy, and the, the latest highest estimate, um, uh, less than 100 years later, is two trillion galaxies in the universe, um, the idea that we're alone is ridiculous. But um, what happens, of course, is um, in the mainstream, when it's talked about, it's invariably just dismissed and laughed at. Why? Because just the very act of perceiving the vastness and obvious obviousness of other forms of life out there will expand your awareness. It will expand your sense of the possible, your sense of reality. They don't want that. They want you focused on the TV screen. They want to focus on the idea that this world is all there is, although uh, this planet is all there is in terms of life, even though it's just beyond ludicrous to even think of that. Uh, so they want that. And, you know, uh, we are operating in a, in a tiny band of frequency and these entities, manipulating entities, um, operate um, in, in uh, unseen realms. Most of, almost the entirety of reality is unseen to humans, but in unseen realms, not far out from the uh, the realms that we perceive, beyond what we can see, but not that far, uh, because they have a certain uh, low frequency density. And that low frequency density leads them, because our state of being, our state, our attitudes, our uh, perceptions, uh, are, all have uh, frequencies, unique frequencies. Uh, when you are um, in a low frequency state, when you're psychopathic, when you are uh, about control or about uh, greed and all these uh, low uh, emotional states and desires, that is translated because each of them has a frequency unique to itself that translates in a low frequency state so these entities that are manipulating humanity because of their state of being are, are low frequency uh, uh, entities that which is trying to make a difference are high frequency entities who do not have those desires they don't want to control they want to set free and thus um, when people say uh, when's the cavalry coming? I say to people, find a mirror, because you're looking at it. Because this is the point. If that which is trying to awaken humanity um, came uh, over, the, over the horizon as the cavalry into this reality, then they wouldn't be the cavalry anymore. They'd be uh, caught in, in this whole uh, program. And they'd have to be low-frequency entities to actually manifest in this reality without taking on external bodies like we do. Um, so the uh, communication between that high-frequency uh, level of awareness, not necessarily extraterrestrials, but awareness, that's trying to awaken and, and tease open humanity, um, it's doing it through the mind, 
through the emotions, through the perceptual uh, levels. But like I say, if we stay in a label-focused, label-obsessed mental emotional state, our frequency is too low to connect with those levels of um, awareness. So you, we don't hear them. Um, and, and so what we hear are the low frequency uh, influences, which are that which is controlling humanity. This is why they have to hold us in low vibrational mental and emotional states so that we're in a, a frequency band that they can control and influence. This is why they don't want people to awaken because once you start to awaken, you breach those bands, those, those walls, that bubble, and you start to access other influences and you start to see things differently um, and become uh, much more uh, expanded in your awareness of what's going on, your exp awareness of your own nature. Um, and so it, it, it's this, if you like, battle for um, access to human perception. It's incredible. And uh, it, all the way through history, what they call visionaries who have seen beyond the program have always been targeted by authority, whatever form they may have taken, whatever culture it may be. The authorities always target those people, targeting me now, um, big time, um, because they, um, they, they are afraid of the consequences for their game of people awakening beyond the uh, frequency band that they control and influence. Because when people do that, the game's over. The game's up. Um, they, can't, they can't control us anymore. Mr. David Icke, I want to thank you so much for returning to our show and for being with us today. Again, there's a new film about David. It just came out called Renegade, this life story of David Icke. David was talking about these truths and information 30 years ago. He is a trailblazer for truth. He's a trailblazer for freedom. And David, I want to thank you so much for, again, being on our show your time thank you mate and uh renegade is available to watch um it's the film they don't want you to watch clearly um <laughs> on uh, june june the 4th and if you go to davidlight.com then uh the, then all the details will be there okay everyone that concludes today's edition of the out of limits of inner truth special thanks to our incredible guest mr david ike and special thanks as always to the out of limits of inner truth radio show virtues miss carrie o'connor Miss Lisa Kaza and Miss Constance Stellas. To learn more about the Outer Limits of Inner Truth, please go to our website at outerlimitsradio.com. Until the next time we meet, my friends, I wish upon you an abundance of peace, love, and beers. Take good care and thank you so much for listening. <laughs>